This is The Rest is PR with Lyle Fulton and Jackie Balls. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to The Rest is PR. My name, as it will always be, barring any incident at all, is Lyle Fulton, and I'm joined, as I'm sure I always will be, by the absolutely brilliant Jackie Vores. Jackie, bit of a loaded question this week, because I can almost anticipate what the answer is going to be. How are you feeling this fine Thursday afternoon? How has your week been? <laughs> oh, I've got the lurgy. So if, if, I, if I'm very croaky, you'll understand why. But yes, um, so I've, but the week up until literally this morning when I was up at the crack of dawn with Ludo, it was fine. And then I sort of, I came down with it last night, got up in the morning and I was like, oh God, can I do this? Six o'clock, it's dark, getting the dog in the car off to the park. It was just, um, yeah. So I came back, went back to bed. <laughs> I haven't done that for years. Totally so. fair enough. I feel like if it's even possible and I know for a fact it's almost certainly not possible. I've somehow digitally transmitted whatever cold I had last week through the airwaves, through the screen <laughs> on our Zoom call. You ploughed through last week like a trooper. I didn't even realise how bad you were. I thought you you did really well. However, the conversation was just flowing last week, so it was That's great. That's it. That's it. And I'll tell you what, we caught up, listeners, after we finished the recording with the brilliant Laura last week. And Jackie was like, I had no idea that you were, you had a cold. And I was like, thank you. You know, Dr. Theatre, <laughs> I'm an actor. Um, but yeah, the conversation flowed last week and we we're excited for the conversation to certainly flow yeah. this week, listeners, because we are delighted. We've got another guest. Great. I tell you what, these segues are getting better and better and better. <laughs> I'm absolutely buzzing about how good I'm getting at these segues. This is the thing. It's a skill I'm going to add to my CV. But we are delighted to welcome listeners this week, the wonderful Amanda Prosha too our podcast too the rest is pr now amanda i actually didn't warn you about this before we went live normally i do this with our guests but i'm gonna warn you now in real time what i like to do before i get going before i ask you questions amanda is i like to kind of rattle off a list of achievements of our guests and just give our listeners a bit of an insight into a bit of a flavor as to what your career has been like so far before we ask you about your career from your own perspective and listeners, what a list of achievements this is from Amanda. We are delighted that she is joining us this week. She is the COO and founder of Lightspeed Marketing and PR, which is a New York City-based agency focused on promoting innovation in areas like healthcare, financial services, and consumer electronics. Before starting Lightspeed in 2013, Amanda worked in a variety of other agencies and businesses, including American Express, Burson Marstella, and Interbrand. She has an incredible level of experience and expertise in the industry. And this has perhaps understandably led to Amanda fielding literally thousands of questions about public relations throughout her career. Increasingly, when it comes to our episode today, Amanda is also a published author. Eagle-eyed viewers, I'm not going to make that mistake again, because I've said eagle-eyed listeners before, eagle-eyed viewers on our YouTube channel will see that the book that Amanda has written, PR Confidential, Unlocking the Secrets to Creating a Powerful Public Image, is actually behind her there. She is so on brand. She's so on message here, listeners. It's literally right there. She's planned this meticulously. And we're excited to talk to Amanda about PR Confidential as well. First things first, sorry for embarrassing you there, Amanda, by listing all those things, those brilliant things off. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about your career so far and how you became known to many? Because I didn't list this either. You've become known to so many people as the Dear Abby of PR Help, which I was also really excited to read about. Tell us a little bit about how you sort of established that moniker and just a little bit about your career so far, if you wouldn't mind. 
Sure, absolutely. Well, it's it's a delight to be with you both. Thank you so much for inviting me to join you on the podcast. And thank you for, for doing that the listing of my experience because it, it helps me to answer the question. It's 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 been a, a well, 30 plus year career. And I, it was a bit of a winding road. So I, I did some political PR, marketing, branding PR. I did corporate. I've been a speechwriter, in-house agency, big agency, small agency. So over the years, I've, I've gotten to take a, a multi-viewed look at, at the industry and how it works and all the different ways it's practiced. So over that time, you know, I've, I've gathered up a lot of, of knowledge about all, all the different facets of PR. Primarily since starting my agency 10 years ago, we work primarily in tech. We we focus on various tech sectors. So we work with a lot of people who are new to PR, people who are founders or sometimes even engineers. And they call us and a lot of them say things like, okay, my, my investors are telling me I need PR, but I don't know what it is or why I should bother. Tell me why I should care. So <laughs> it's a little off-putting when you start a conversation that way, but but we also see it as an opportunity, an opportunity to educate and bring people a better understanding of, of what we can do for them. So as I've had many, many, many of those conversations and similar ones, I've come to recognize that there's just a general lack of understanding about what PR is and what we do. It's it, Even though it's a fairly prominent field that people go into, there's there's a lot of, of misunderstanding. My, my own family thinks I do advertising and I, I can't change their opinion. It's, it's frustrating. <laughs> so as I sat down to write this book, I thought, why don't I just answer those questions that I get all day, every day? So the book is written in letter format. It's very similar to an advice column. So that's why the, the Dear Abby moniker has kind of stuck. So I just set it up as a simple question and answer. People asking me, Questions very much like that one I just I just put forward, but they'll sign it off in a Dear Abby style way. So they might write, you know, lost and confused. And then I'll write back, Dear Lost and Confused, I'm here to help. <laughs> <laughs> this is brilliant. And the book goes on that way. So there's a lot of humor. It's very accessible. It's quick. It's only 90 pages. There's a glossary in the back for anybody who wants to learn more or get a better understanding. There's also a lot of resources on my, my Lightspeed PR website that refer back to the book, a lot of downloadable resources, all kinds of things. If you want to know more, or if you just want to be entertained, it can do that for you too, I hope. Well, my copy is on its way, listeners. Like this, I've just said this to Amanda before we went live. My copy is on its way. I'm literally making my way through Caroline's book, and then I'm going to launch straight into Amanda's book. And it's been praised. I lifted a quote, actually, from something I read about the book. It's been praised for kind of demystifying, and I love the word demystifying, PR. We actually spoke to Laura last week about the idea that she, when she returned from a bit of a career break, Laura West, who runs agency wise, a platform sort of that advises people on running agencies and, and how to kind of effectively run their agency. She had run an agency before she went on her career break and then she came back and she started running this kind of more advisory network community style platform. And she actually said something similar to you, which is that actually it's one of the most difficult things within the PR industry is to actually explain what it actually is, which should almost be the most straightforward question. I mean, how have you gone about not just in writing the book, but also in sort of some of the advice you've given to other people demystifying what exactly PR is and a bit of a follow-up question as well. Sorry, this is a very broad one. Just how much of a challenge is it when PR in and of itself is constantly changing as well, constantly evolving. So your advice is, having to change fairly consistently as well. How much of a challenge is that? 
it, it can be a challenge, but I, I also see it as an opportunity because it, at its most basic points, PR is really, it's about gaining awareness and encouraging people to take action through a third party, some other advocate or some other reviewer. Unlike advertising, unlike marketing, unlike even digital media, you're having someone else outside of the business or outside of the person in question say why why someone else should care. So I, there's actually a quote in the book from Jean-Louis Gasset, who was a very long time executive at Apple. He said, advertising is saying you're great. Public relations is getting other people to say you're great. And that's really where it, I think an awful lot of it falls apart is that because our work is so in the background, because we're influencing other people to talk about whatever it is we're, we're promoting, that makes us a bit of, removed from it. Someone in advertising can point to an ad and say, oh, look at my billboard or look at my my TV advert. And people people get it. When it's public relations and I point to an article in the newspaper and people say, well, a reporter wrote that. Yes, of course, a reporter wrote that. And that's the whole point. But I have provided <laughs> the story to that reporter and I gave them all the information they needed and the interviews or, or what have you. It, it's a little murkier. So. I'm trying to use as, as many basic building blocks of PR to explain it as I can. And then, of course, illustrating with case studies always helps. Telling a good story tends to help. But uh, it, it's it's a bit of a rough climb. I'm, I will admit that. <laughs> I want to ask, um, and I really do apologize for not yet having read the book. And I will be reading the book because i tell you one thing is I would like to just have an answer to give straight away to any of those guys that come to me and say, why should I care about PR that's scripted for me? So thank you for writing that down because I'm going to use it. So how do you cope with, or do you have any parts of the book that deal with the issue of measurement of how we measure the effectiveness of, of what we do in PR? Yes, that's that's a big issue, of course, because it is it has historically been difficult to measure yeah. the PR. It's getting better. There are more and more tools that are available, which I'm happy to, to say, and, and we use them a lot with our clients and demonstrating the value that we bring. But there is, there's a whole section of the book about measurement and all the different ways that PR can be measured, all the different tools that can be utilized. And there is even an actually a downloadable resource on my website that uh, illuminates a little bit more about the PR tools that are available and how measurements are done. And if you hire an agency and they give you a report that uses these measurements, how to understand those and, and make them work best for you. Because I mean, that's so important, isn't it? I mean, it's extraordinary because I feel like we speak to people like yourself who've like kind of worked in agency land, worked in PR for, for, for years and years, sort of know the industry inside out. And, you know, Jackie and myself, like, you know, Jackie sort of runs Demozo and Jackie's worked sort of, you know, it has number of years of experience in this particular industry i'm sort of slightly newer into it but you know i've sort of followed my dad my dad's worked in the industry as well and we i don't want to sort of put us all on a bit of a pedestal or a high horse but we kind of understand that quantitative measurements within pr are kind of a bit of a false dawn they they, can't, they don't really tell the whole story they don't really kind of paint the entire picture and if anything i'm really glad you mentioned case studies sort of the the idea of sort of more qualitative examples of strategies and tactics that can work I mean do you find it quite hard not necessarily this is kind of you know, veering a little bit away from the book although I'm sure there are answers within this book that I cannot wait to read but in your experience having worked in this industry do you find it quite hard to 
kind of get into that and go, look, you know, I know you want to see sort of, you know, dollar signs. I know you want to see decimal places. I know you want to see things in black and white. But what we're actually doing here, although it doesn't look like it's making like a huge, immediate, tangible difference right now, we have a clear plan. We have a clear strategy. Just go with me on this. Do you find it quite tough? And 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 how have you sort of worked around that in your career so far? It, it can be tough, yes, because very often people will hire us, again, without a full understanding of, of what it is we do and why. And they mistakenly think that PR is sales or they they think it's some kind of direct outreach program. It, it is not. We've actually, there's a, an anecdote in the book about a client we worked with just about a year ago who hired us to do their holiday year-end PR around a, a product that they thought would sell well, and it didn't. And they blamed us. And we said, we never for a moment told you that we were doing sales. And what we've, what we've given you is plenty of, of, of great coverage and awareness for you to take to your sales team and have them use that as a tool to develop and generate sales. But PR alone can't do those things. We're not going to deliver to the bottom line. We, we hope we will influence it, but we can't promise that. And once that was established and they recognized that there, there was a hole in their plan um, and they brought in a sales function, then they did actually achieve and they exceeded their, their goals for the holiday season because because the two hand in hand do go very well together. But yeah, there there's too often, um, I think, a disconnect between what PR is setting out to do and what the end goal should be, which is, is it can be it can be difficult to explain. From my perspective, I'm old school about PR and what PR can do for companies, how it helps companies outline their values, their mission, their position, their messages. It should be at the heart of every company's communication strategy, as far as I'm concerned. But then if you talk about pure PR, as you are absolutely correct there, we should never align that with sales goals or sales outreach or indeed performance targets. You can talk about deliverables, but really it's that trying to explain to clients that PR is about building reputation. It's for that salesperson when they walk in the door that somebody goes, oh yes, I've heard about your company, or oh yes, I've read about you guys in so-and-so and such-and-such. It's not, oh yes, you're in here because I picked up the phone and I called you to be in here because of this. And unfortunately, and we were, and I feel, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel we're working our way back into one of those times. In times of dire need, like um, cost of living crisis, high inflation, blah, 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 ne'er-do-well PR people jump up saying, I can deliver sales. My PR outreach is like performance marketing. And they cheapen the profession and they do it in terms of sending out press releases on wires and getting leads in or responses in and call that PR how do you feel about that I I agree with you yes I uh I feel like there are there are some bad apples out there um and you know maybe they're acting in good faith maybe they have seen an occasion which it does happen PR can result in sales and it can result in in business measurement influencing but it doesn't always. And that is not our goal. So yes, people who promise those things or who think a press release solves every problem, they do make it harder for the rest of us because we have to deconstruct those 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 bad opinions. I, I have conversations with new business leads 
all the time who say to me, my last agency promised me this, that, and the other thing, and they didn't deliver. You know, I got a couple of small mentions and some very small publications. They made me buy a very expensive press release distribution, and I just didn't get the results. And that makes my life a lot harder because I have to say, well, they didn't go about it correctly, and they didn't set your expectations in the way they should have. So, yeah, I, I unfortunately, I, I agree with you that 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 can be an issue. Is there a sense here? In fact, Jackie, actually, because I'm, I've, I've, I've kind of got. I mean, maybe we're going to go down the same route here, but something that I was really keen to talk to you about today is, and I think Jackie and I have spoken to several guests about this, is the idea of almost reverse engineering the process a little bit, which is that maybe, and I'm loath to use the word problem because that has kind of negative connotations. It sort of seems derisory, but it's the first word I can think of, so I'm going to go with it. Maybe the problem is, is that the right questions aren't being asked at the initial stages of an engagement between the people who want slash need the PR and the agency slash the service themselves. And I believe this is also something that you've written about in the book and something that you're kind of pretty hot on as well is this idea that you know you need to be asking the right questions in those initial meetings before you do spend the money on these PR services because otherwise you as the client go into it with the expectation that there is going to be you know this kind of deliverable outcome this bottom line and the agency goes well we never we should probably never promise you that but you weren't asking us the right questions I mean how important do you think that is that initial kind of phase of the relationship between client and an agency yeah, I, I completely agree with you. It, it's very important. It's important to level set. We've gotten into, into some issues over the last 10 years of running an agency because we didn't level set. And, and things as, as important as what KPIs are you expecting us to deliver uh, and things that seem minor, like how much availability do we have to you and your team? I, I've worked with clients who would hire us and then disappear and expect that we were just going to start delivering. And of course we can't work in a vacuum. We're very good, but we can't work in a vacuum. We don't know your business as well as you do. We need access to all kinds of information and and we can't do that alone. And ultimately those, those relationships would fail. So yes, asking the right questions and ensuring that everyone's on the same page about what we're hoping to achieve, how we're going to get there, what the involvement will be, what the timeline will be, I, I, the number of times a client's called me up and said, it's been three weeks. Why am I not on the front page of the New York Times? And <laughs> <laughs> because it just doesn't work that way. So, but, but level setting about all of those, those, those building blocks of how it works again, because, because our industry is misunderstood because they go into the relationship, probably not realizing what it is we do, that those conversations and those questions do have to be had at the beginning. But isn't it dreamy? Isn't it dreamy when you get a client that gets it, that oh. comes to you and says, Joe, at Adamo, I'm not referring to you, I'm really not, but says, I know you don't know everything about our business. And I know that um, I'm going to be asking you to do a lot of stuff. And I know that, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take some time. So this particular client that I just mentioned, they checked very quickly you know, she, we, we all want to set KPIs and we all want to get there, but she recognised that we would need a good amount of organic time to see what we would achieve in the first, in the run, it's sort of in the run up in the first sort of quarter, two quarters of our engagement to see with the right content, with the right materials, with the right people, the right input, the right collaboration and teamwork, that we would then be able to have a really proper and solid idea 
of what our deliverables should be and what our KPIs should be. And I just think that's that's just the dream. When you get a client, Tom at Ludo, who also understands that, you know, everything is organic and layers on. The more you get moving, the more you can add on because you have that core of understanding you have or you have that core of that news machine that's rolling and then you can work with other parts of communications outreach so I didn't want to talk too much about the 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 negative Nellies in our in our profession I also wanted to recognize there are actually some amazing clients out there that get it understand the value of PR and know how to sort of run an agency in your book because I haven't read it do you allude to those kind of people the people who would be the ideal type of client. I do. I probably should have included a few more. But yes, I oh, I 100% agree. They are too rare. But when we get a client like that who really gets it and is able to sort of catch up with us as quickly as possible and, and anticipate what we're going to need and, and get us all the pieces that will help us be successful, that's, that is a dream when that happens. Um, I, I can probably name on one hand the number I've had over the years. But um, yes, I, I mentioned a few clients who I truly enjoyed working with and a couple of good anecdotes. For example, when I was at American Express, I worked nearby the people who launched what's known in the U.S. as Small Business Saturday, which is the Saturday after our Thanksgiving. And it's always a big holiday shopping weekend. But American Express was trying to encourage people to shop at small businesses to support your local businesses who need you more than the great big, you know, superstores. And it became a massively successful campaign that still runs to this day. And I was fortunate enough to be the people who who launched it. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Great campaign. I I see. I'm still on the receiving end of that to this day. That's brilliant. That's so cool. So I mentioned that. I I had nothing to do with it. It was an extraordinary campaign. I just happened to have some proximity to the people who were working on it. But um, it's a great example of how PR can work well. And I've I've put quite a few of those into the book to talk about, look, these are are what you have to keep in mind because you, you can achieve what you're looking to do if you go in with your eyes open, with your goal set, with a lot of communication across teams, yeah, it, it, PR can move a lot of, make make a lot of big impacts. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Jackie and I speak quite often about this idea of preparation, preparedness, going into things. And, you know, again, we've spoken at length about the fact that, you know, some people, we, we won't name anybody because we're very, very grateful. We're very, very lucky with clients we have at Demozo. And you've obviously mentioned some some great examples there, Amanda, from you know, that you mentioned in your book. But I think maybe there is an accusation that some businesses, and again, I can't name any because I don't have any examples off the top of my head, uh, but I'd obviously be very careful if I did know any of these <laughs> these businesses, but could be accused of going in and just being like, oh, I'm just going to engage with this agency. Or I'm just going to engage with this PR professional when I'm, you know, they're going to wave a magic wand and everything I want and believe comes from a PR agency is just going to happen. And it strikes me, Amanda, and I'm sure Jackie's got examples as well, where if you come in with an open mind and you accept that you're going to kind of make compromises here and there and make concessions here and there and just work organically with the agency, that's the first main thing. But the second thing is, is that like anything in business, like prepare for it and prepare properly for it, go into this engagement, not just thinking someone's going to snap their fingers and it's all going to suddenly be brilliant again with the help of a PR agency, give PRs the respect almost that they deserve, which they do deserve. And go into it, you know, not just with an open mind, but pairing. I mean, is that something you believe in? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's, I almost feel as though we're treated as the, the afterthought. Marketing always has a seat at the table, but why isn't PR in those conversations? Especially given that the PR people, we're generally on the front lines of what's happening as it's happening. If a crisis happens, or if perceptions are shifting, or if uh, there, there are different attitudes in the market, or if you're noticing that different targets are, are starting to respond to your brand in a different way, that typically comes in through the PR function first. We more have our ear to the ground, I would suggest. And I think we should be involved as often as marketers are, and perhaps the, the head of that external communications or whatever you're leading for your agency or your brand or your product launch or what have you, maybe there should be a chief PR officer right next to the chief marketing officer so that all of these conversations are had in real time with all the right people in the room and opportunities aren't missed. Absolutely. Do you handle crisis as part of the book? I do. I, I do talk about it a bit. Yes, in the book, because I've unfortunately been involved in a few crises in my career. And what's most important that I point out in the book is to recognize when something is a crisis and when something is not. So because we have clients call us up and they say, uh, you know, we, we had a bad Google review. It's a crisis. No, it is not. <laughs> something that has to be managed. Absolutely. And we will do that. But a crisis is something that is you know, approaching tragic levels and, and you need the right people. And I also know very well what I don't know because I've worked with extraordinary crisis PR people in my years. And these people, I want them on the phone if there is a true crisis, not me. I, I don't know how to respond to this in the correct way. So hiring the right people is very important. And you can't do that until you've truly identified what situation you're in. And... <laughs> that will lead you, I hope, to, to the right professionals who can help. Absolutely. Here's a question for you. Quite a few companies that I come across say to me, we would love PR, but we don't have any news. Mm -hmm. And we don't have any clients that will talk about us. They're usually in services. Or, you know, but yeah, could be product as well. And so they think that because they don't have those things, that PR would not be suitable for them how would you answer that question honestly sometimes they're right I I talk to I talk to businesses a lot and they tell me what they're working on and they tell me what they have offerings and how they engage with their customers with their partners and I say to them I honestly don't think PR will improve that because you you don't really have a news story and you're doing an excellent job engaging with all of your stakeholders already but I'd say those are the minority. Most people realize when we've talked to them that they do have news. Um, you just have to shift it in a little bit of a different direction. So, so my co-founder, my Lightspeed PR co-founder, Ethan Raziel, came up with a, a great shorthand for how we talk to clients about whether or not they have news. And we call it the three I's, innovation, impact, or insight. Innovation, do you have some great new technology or, or new thing that's going to solve problems in a new way. That's always news. Impact, is your company doing something that's important to you? Have you made a significant new hire? Are you raising a lot of money? Are you changing the way your industry approaches things? That's all impact. Insight typically falls under thought leadership. Do you have experts on your team who can 
do commentary or um, lend some new color to the news or, or, or bring some new different perspective on what's happening. Insight will always get you some news. We've had clients who have been entirely focused on, on, on thought leadership and we did nothing else for them. We just got their leadership as comments. So if you can do one or of, I've had clients who can do all three, but you at least one, we can probably get some news for you. We can we can do PR for you. So it's it's just a way of, of rethinking about what's going on within within the walls of your business and and how you want to put that out into the world. And you often find, don't you, in tech industries that people are so humble about their achievements and about what they're doing. They just think what they're doing is quite boring and uninteresting. And they, they, they're shocked when you go, really? That's actually quite interesting. <laughs> they're like, no. This well, there was that extraordinary, wasn't there? It was an incredible case study. We had an example of this in a previous episode of the podcast where a guest we had on the podcast mentioned this example of a company who were making, I think it was artificial intelligence tech, like sort of this brand new AI tech and I mean, I'm probably absolutely butchering this story, but I think it is relevant. And they didn't think that any of it was remotely news because it hadn't gone into gaming yet. It hadn't gone into the area that they were interested in people hearing about this AI tech they created. And then the, the agency in question did a bit more digging. The PR professional did a bit more digging. He said, oh, I've, I've just read that it's being used in airport security. I've just read that it's being used. It's like innovating airport security here. And I think it was in Australia. And they were like, this is this is not just any news. This is this is really, really good for us. Like we could get this lots of places because it's like so marketable, whatever you want to call it. And they were like, oh, and they were like, oh, you know, uh, we, we, we weren't sure it was this thing. And it was like, no, hang on. If it's relevant to the technology you've created, it's innovative and it's being used to make a difference in somewhere that's used by so many different people all day round, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, then this is news. We've got to get it out there. And you're so right. I mean, I think that's a really, really good, refreshing take on it. Some businesses don't even know they have. Love the three R's. That's it. Great. That's a really good one. That's great. Yeah, it's lovely. Talking of things like the three eyes, because it seems to me that you're putting all these things into good bite-sized chunks of information that are really understandable to people. Are you making it? Uh, have you got any students getting the book from you, or are you making the the book available to? colleges of PR courses and things like that because it strikes me that it'd be a really really useful book I would love to do that I've just I've been so busy you know talking with lovely people like you and and running my agency I haven't had a whole lot of time to think about beyond business but someone did mention that to me that you should really talk to education and and try to get the book in front of people who are studying PR or you know or or literature or history people who might end up in PR or think they might because it could be very helpful. So I'm, I'm going to spend some time when I have a moment reaching out to my contacts in, in education and, and maybe you know, I'd, I'd love to get it in front of potential students because I, I, I still do, I, especially with through my own alma mater, I speak with students all the time and their first question is, I think I wanna do PR, but I'm, I'm not really sure. I don't really know what you do. And if it, if it appeals to me, of course, how can you possibly know if you wanna do something if you don't know what it is? <laughs> it makes it difficult. <laughs> We, um, I, I mentor students from University of North Carolina and their Ch Chapel Hill program uh, there and also University of Texas for their PR marketing. So I will connect you with oh. 
the people from both of those courses because I think they'd love your book. I think it would be absolutely brilliant for the students. And you're right. They they don't really know what PR entails. And I think, and it's quite difficult also because they're also, what I'm discovering just from doing this podcast is there are so many different types of PR. You know, there are people who, we had Helen Neal from HN Communications. She focuses entirely on sustainability mm-hmm. and, and helping companies not only promote their sustainable practices, but actually she helps them onboard all sorts of different programs to be able to, to bring in sustainable practices. So she's more like a consultant, but she's, you know, her manner is PR. Um, and then obviously you've got your crisis comms people, your internal comms people. No wonder our students of today can get quite quite confused about what what is PR. And then of course you've got your different types of specialization. And I've talked about all of this, but I believe certainly with books like yours that there is a certain skill set that runs through all of those examples of how PR can be applied to businesses. What what do you think are the best skills for a PR person? I, I it's funny, but this has come up a few times when I speak with students, and they say, "Do you do you think this is something I should do?" And I, I ask them what they're studying and what they're interested in, and I tend to find people who who enjoy the, the people studies. That's what I call it. So if you're if you love literature, if you love history or politics or or psychology or philosophy any of those branches that really what they are essentially are a study of people and how people think and respond. And, and that's all that we do all day is we try to influence how people think and respond to things and, and get their attention to things. So I say to them, if, if those fields are of interest to you, that you've made them a a focus of your study, then I think that that's the skill you're going to want to focus on. Now, of course, you're going to want some some more specific skills. Like you, we, it's always valuable if you can write well, if you can if you can articulate yourself well, if you enjoy working with other people all day long. Because let's face it, we none of us is running a lighthouse. We're 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 all engaging with each other all day long. Those all help a lot. But once you, if you have the, that that basic passion for for people. I think you'll you'll find your way in one of the many disciplines of PR. That empathy, that ability to be able to put yourself into other people's shoes, whether that be the journalist you're trying to sell into or the end consumer that you're trying to sort of understand what their pain is and how you're going to match your client's product or service with that end pain. That's so true. And I hadn't ever thought about it that way in terms of that sort of that real people enjoying part of a, a a human persona there are so many questions this is why i love it this is why i love it this is why i love this podcast because because we get people on the podcast who unlock a different way of us thinking about you know pr and this industry and all this sort of stuff and even you know i, I saw sure i speak for jackie as well when we have people who aren't necessarily from within the pr industry but have engaged with PRs in the past in their own profession, they also have a slightly different take. And that kind of leads me on to sort of a final question I have for you, Amanda, actually sort of bringing it kind of full circle when it comes to the book as well, because I'm going to ask you right at the end, we're going to do that classic promote the book kind of stuff. Where can we get it? Where can we find it? You know, quiz you on all the stuff I'm sure you had just absolutely drilled into you by publicists and things like that when it comes to where you're, because I'm sure you know all this anyway. But it strikes me 
Dear Abby of PR Help, the way you've structured the book as well, which I'm really excited to delve into, really puts the fun back into it as well. You know, and and I'm a big fan, and I've spoken to Jackie about this and spoken to other guests about this on the podcast in the past, of passion kind of driving your vocation, passion driving what you call your employment and how you go about working and earning money. And I often think that sort of fun and excitement and enthusiasm within that then obviously drives that passion still further. And you speak a little bit um, about sort of trying to make PR walk in the park, which I just absolutely loved as a phrase, because really, without wanting to do any of this down, it should be because it's telling great stories to people who want to listen to them. And, you know, people who like Jackie used a great analogy. You want someone to a salesperson to walk in the room and know exactly what it is that embodies this business. I mean, how important has it been for you when writing the book? And structuring the book that you kind of put that fun back into the explanation and kind of do away with the frustrations of having to over and over again explain what PR is and just make it a bit more fun and sort of and passionate if you see what I mean yeah absolutely that's that's the that's the whole point isn't it because that's why we all went into it because we enjoy it and we see the value of it and we know every day when we're getting great stories out there that they're valuable and, and it's something worth doing Particularly, I, I wanted to reach all those business owners or leaders or whomever might need PR, but aren't using it because they don't understand it. There's just there, there's such a disconnect there where we could be doing so much more if people only recognized the value for their particular need. And we often start new business conversations with asking the question, what problem are you solving? Because that's that's the story we're going to tell. And so many businesses come to us and say, well, we have this incredible thing that solves this problem. That's a genuine problem. And we think it's really cool, but we're not sure it's worth PR. And we say, of course it is. There's just, there's so much there. And, and that I, I want there to be more understanding in general so that more people can benefit from what we do. Absolutely. And I often say as well, I mean, this is an analogy I love to use and people get a bit sick and tired of it, but it was something that really stuck with me when I was at school I used to always regale to my friends oh you know when miss said the answer's in the question like some quite often the answer's in the question like if you think you have a problem and you have a question that needs answering or solving the answer will be there and it's a PR agency that can go you've already got the foundations the clear building blocks of a solution to this problem we'll engage with you and you know with with your help and with cooperation we'll we'll get through this together I absolutely love the way you've you put that to finish this one off then, Amanda, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. We've absolutely loved chatting to you. Going to do this pop quiz now. I'm going to put you on the spot. Where can we get it? Where can we buy I know where I've got mine from. Mine's on the way. Mine's in the post. But to our listeners who I think absolutely should pick this book up, where can we find this book? And tell us a little bit more about, about that, if you wouldn't mind. Absolutely. Yes, the book's available on Amazon. There's both a print version that can be ordered. Like I said, it's short and quick, only 90 pages. You can also download it as a Kindle version if you prefer. Or for your listeners, if they're interested, there's actually a free version of the book in its downloadable form on my website. So lightspeedpr.com, right there on the landing page. You can get your very own Kindle or however you like to read your digital books uh, right there from my page. I'm also thrilled to say that early in the new year, I'm going to be doing an audio version and that will be available for people who like to listen to their books or for a quick, it should be a quick plane ride type of listen. And that'll be coming hopefully in the few coming months. And no yeah. listeners, before you ask, Amanda did not email me to ask if I would narrate the audio version of the book. Uh, <laughs> that's not something that has happened. 
It will be Amanda. Amanda is it will be the race your own book? I hope. That's it. That's it. Are you narrating your own book? Is it? Is it yourself, Amanda? Is that it? I am, but as a matter of fact, because the book is written in question and answer form, I am looking for someone to read the letters. So, oh goodness, oh my goodness! (laughs) Don't don't dangle that, Amanda. Goodness me, we'll be talking for another half an hour about sort of. Honestly, I'd love to. No, joking aside, no, absolutely brilliant. And listeners, we will link all those things. We'll link the Lights PPR landing page so you can grab a copy of Amanda's brilliant, brilliant book. Uh, Mine's on its way from Amazon already, so I've I've done that. I've done the order, Uh, and and I stand by my decision to order it off Amazon. uh, But you can obviously go and access it for free. Absolutely, I cannot wait to get stuck into that. Amanda, thank you so, so much for appearing on this episode of the podcast. A few quick T's and C's listeners before we let you all go. Thank you so much for joining us once again on this, the latest episode of The Rest is PR. If you would like to get in touch with us, just like Amanda did via our this is a brilliant Madison. Shout out to Madison as well. Thank you, Madison, for hooking this up. She's the been fantastic. Madison. The wonderful Madison. Thank you so much. She's been amazing. But if you would like to do what Madison did on behalf of Amanda and get in touch with the podcast, you can do so. Info at the rest is PR.com or info at demozo.com. We'll answer both those email addresses. Visit both of those websites as well. The rest is PR.com for all things the podcast i'm updating that regularly and i'm absolutely loving doing so and demozo.com for all the brilliant work demozo have been up to recently you can also follow us on what i'm now understand is called x which i will always call twitter you can follow us on whatever you call that platform at the rest is pr capital t capital r capital i capital pr and you can also message jackie or myself via linkedin we'll pick up messages on those very very regularly indeed amanda thank you so so much once again jackie Provided we're both better again, same time next week. Brilliant stuff. Well, thank you so much, listeners, once again for joining us. But from Amanda, from Jackie, and from myself, thanks so much for listening. Take care of yourselves. It's bye for now.